Hey, welcome to the She Heard podcast hosted by author and speaker Laurie Green Westlake. On the She Heard podcast, we cover everything from a woman's role in the church to deep and unexpected dives into your favorite Bible heroes. Laurie's passion is to equip women with courage, boldness, and bravery through biblical study and inspiring narrative. Be sure to check out lauriegreenwestlake.com for additional resources. Welcome to the show. Hey, hi, and it's so good to be with you again today. We have a great podcast ahead of you. It's it's my Wednesday shorts, and it really doesn't matter if you're listening to this on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, or Saturday, Sunday. On Wednesdays, I record what I hope would be just little short thoughts, but the thoughts are never short because we're halfway through the week and there's all kinds of things that the Lord has done and is doing through my friends, through work, through you, through church, through life that I've had time to ponder. And I always have so much I want to talk about. So let's get started because today I want to talk about the headlines that just the last week, but mostly yesterday was kind of a crazy day for headlines. And then I want to talk about what we do with these trials that we hear about are coming or have arrived or that um, we're anticipating, or maybe it's even your own personal trial. I want to talk about how we deal with these trials right in the middle of them or in what might be coming. And then I want to talk about the the answer for trials, the cure to our attitudes when facing a trial. So I'm going to start by reading you just a couple of crazy headlines uh, from yesterday. There was another big earthquake in Afghanistan and also in Pakistan. And are are we watching this? I we just had this huge earthquake in Turkey and between Turkey and this particular round of earthquakes, there have been a myriad of not just tiny 3.4.2 earthquakes, but magnitudes in the six point area. And it's just, if you'll just do a little Googling and look those up, it's, it's just mind blowing how many earthquakes are around. And, you know, this was one of the signs Jesus talked about, and it's one of the things he said we are to be prepared for. Are you watching and listening? Do you have ears to hear? That's all I'm going to say about that. Next one. Will or will not Trump be arrested? Hey, I have a question for you. Is or is not our society crazy? <laughs> Hello, corruption. Oh my gosh, the things that other presidents have gotten away with. I'm not making a political statement. I'm just uh, observing obvious. Another headline. FedNow is rumored to be laying foundation or a foundation, a system, in other words, for federal bank digital currency. How about that one? 
That one is just hard to wrap my head around, but it looks like a federally governed digital currency is headed your way. And that is not good news, people. And another headline, China tells Russia they want to stand guard over the new world order. Here's my question. What new world what new world order are they talking about? Last time I checked, we don't have one. You know what though? Just five years ago, we were chuckling at the the crazy people who were saying that we were at the verge of one world order, one world religions, and one world currencies. And I personally thought, oh, that's way down the road. We're we're nowhere near that. Well, you throw a pandemic in for a couple of years, shake the world's foundations, and you know what? It's being talked about. One world order, and China thinks they're going to be um, the guardian of it, is being talked about like it happens tomorrow. I don't know. I don't see that this soon. But again, you know... I'm I've my bona fide Pollyanna. I've been accused of being a Pollyanna. But I also know that I've read the book and I know the end. And the end is a great ending. Jesus wins. Yay, and so do we. Yay. And we have the blissful, wonderful kingdom and government and uh, Oh my gosh, love, you know, the utopia love thing so many people are looking for. We have that. Jesus has that, and he has it for us. But we know we've got to go through some hard times, and I'm not completely sure the depth of what all that looks like, but I can read. So, um, and I know you can too, and so you might want to refresh your book of Revelations. Now, the last podcast and a couple of podcasts prior, I've been chatting about identity and how important it will be to have our identity settled, have our identity confirmed, and actually having our identity just hanging out, you know, just like hanging out where everybody can see it. It needs to just be all over us and everything we do and everything we say. And we need to have this as we move into challenging times. We need to establish now, if you haven't already, where your identity lies because of the headlines. Well, because you belong to Christ first, because it's what he wants. But the headlines kind of give me a sense of urgency. But even if I'm jumping the gun in matters of Christ coming for his bride, I still know we're going to have trials. I if the big trials don't come for a while, we're still going to have trials because this is part of God's design for his kingdom. And because he is constantly working in and through his people, it is by design, by his design, that trials give us or give him, really, the the platform to work. It makes us open up our hearts 
and our minds to the big questions of what's going on and why is it and why, what is the purpose? And those are not bad questions. Those are actually questions that lead us to the feet of Christ to say, help me understand. And he is more, he is more than willing to help us understand. But God's throne is not on a palace platform somewhere high above your reach. And and that's sometimes how I think we might picture him. But his throne is, and why it is this way, I don't always understand, but his throne is in the flesh of your beating heart right now. He's in you. And if you didn't hear it, I urge you to go back to the, my podcast about being the temple of God. Because what we talked about is you have become his temple, and he dwells in you. If you are a believer in Jesus Christ, and he is your Lord and your Savior, he dwells in you. Even if you don't feel it, even if you don't choose to recognize it, it's just a fact. It's just a truth that your feelings, your emotions— or your limited thought capabilities do not change. And because he does live in you, he is always working through you. You see, he wouldn't be there if he didn't want to work through you or work in you. And even in the trials that we talked about in the headlines or in your own personal trials, he is developing you for the future. So there's a purpose in your trials. So here's the deal. He allows and sometimes orchestrates your trials for these three points. Listen to this. Point number one, he orchestrates your trials to bring him glory. As was the case with the blind man, so that the works of God would be displayed. That was in John 9. You remember the story. Jesus healed a blind man and the disciples came to him and others came to him and said, was this man blind because of sin of his parents or because of his own sin? And Jesus said, neither. He was blind because God's work would shine through. People would see the work of God. People would glorify God. I have a friend who is looking at a second surgery. She just had a surgery on her leg, and she's looking at a second surgery. And she's she's been pretty incapacitated because of the severity of this break for, I think, three months now. And the bone is not healed, and she's going into a second surgery. And I just felt compelled to write her when I came across this verse. I was reading some commentaries, and I just thought of her because it it just doesn't seem to make sense that modern medicine was not able to fix her leg. It's a very rare case with her bone and the plate they put in, and now she's going to have to go through the whole thing a second time, and she's likely felt like she's lost six months of her life because she can't put weight on this leg or this foot. And I see in a situation like this, that it is an opportunity for God's glory to be displayed by her attitude and her response. And I tell you what, when we take that perspective, the temporary world 
around us will change, not because it has changed, but our perspective has changed. And believe me, you will see things you have never seen before. When you have that perspective that I am in my position to bring God glory, you will see things you have never seen before, just like that blind man saw things he had never, ever seen before. Trials also are designed to teach us. In James 1, the word various, when James says, uh, do not be surprised by the various trials you are experiencing, various means diverse degrees. That means different um, degrees of trial. Are you having a small um, I had a bad day trial. Are you having a had a bad year trial? Or has your life crumbled? Has your house burned? I've had a brother and a niece have houses burned to the ground. And those are big trials. Those are very big trials. Or even something like right out of our headlines, if that were to happen tomorrow. What are we to do with this trial? And the degree doesn't determine how you respond to it. You're supposed to respond to every trial, the little and the big, the shallow and the deep, the giant and the small, all in the same way. And that is with thankfulness. Because we are told by James that trials test our faith and the testing of our faith builds endurance. So if you're in a trial right now, it might be about your endurance or lack of. So lean in. God is making you a warrior with endurance, a patient warrior that can endure, and that brings him glory. And number three, trials, like the trials that Job endured, devastating losses in the end bring God glory. And in the end, Job brought God glory because he stayed faithful. So to the principalities in the air, just like when Satan asked to test Job, when Job remained faithful, God was glorified to the principalities in the air, just not the people on earth. And so your trials may be a stage for God to say, consider my servant, put your name in there, consider my servant Laurie, consider my servant Jill, consider my servant Lisa, consider my servant Sam, put your name in there, because God is bragging on you and the faith that you have grown. Whew, those are, that's, that's good stuff. I can grab a trial if I keep this perspective. So whether you're in a personal trial, a corporate trial, or a world-invading trial like those I mentioned in the headlines, we are to be thankful. And the way that we can be thankful is that we understand, we know, we comprehend. We have this deep understanding that trials are temporary but necessary for our growth and also for God's culminating plans. We must be brave, and one way to stay brave is to be thankful in our trials. James says that we actually are to rejoice in our trials, knowing that these trials produce this this endurance character. And James goes on to say, if you lack the wisdom to understand this, if you lack the wisdom 
to see this is what God is doing, then you can ask God who will give you wisdom because he's very generous with wisdom. Wisdom, Isn't that a nice thought? God just willingly makes you smart and wise, and all you are to do is ask for it. Well, beyond thankfulness, bringing God glory and proving that you are brave and proving your faith, thankfulness, I've discovered through a little research, thankfulness has many personal benefits. And I'm sure the Lord designed this heart of gratitude we are to have because of its benefits and actually put the benefits in there so we would reap these benefits. So let me give you what a list of a heart of gratitude can do to you personally and physically. Number one, gratitude helps relieve stress. Research shows that when we give thanks, we can keep our minds from slipping towards anxiety. Number two, gratitude places a positive spin on your day. According to studies, a position of thankfulness releases dopamine and serotonin, two feel-good neurotransmitters. I could definitely use some feel-good neurotransmitters about now. So thank you, Lord. (laughs) And number three, gratitude improves your social life. Thankfulness increases empathy and reduces aggression. If you're feeling aggressive, you need to stop and do some praise. Put on some praise music and thank the Lord. And gratitude reduces harmful psychological and emotional downturns. Expressing thankfulness can lessen the symptoms of depression and anxiety. So thankfulness is not only a spiritual benefit in bringing God glory and creating endurance in you, but it has all these physical benefits as well. So there's no reason now. Now we know there's no reason not to be thankful when we're facing hardships. So let me ask you this. If you're looking at a hard day ahead, thank the Lord. If you lost a bit of money in the markets, thank the Lord. If you're struggling in a relationship, thank the Lord. If you're if you're dreading whatever's coming next, thank the Lord. So I want to share a quick story of my own thankfulness. Um, this is kind of a big one, but it really once I learned to be thankful for this horrific situation, it really changed my attitude. Maybe not um, completely yet, because I still have bouts of mourning and grief, but it has certainly developed an supernatural trust in the Lord that I didn't have before. So, As some of you know, I have a son who is and has been for a long, long time an addict. For years and years, our family, my husband and I and our other children have prayed. We have fasted. We have called for church and group prayers. We have prayed for deliverances. I've I've even carried him to elders before because he so wanted to be delivered from this addiction. And... He's been in and out of treatment, most of them Christian treatments over the years, and has shown 
promise of recovery, but somehow he cycles back into the crutch of using drugs and and or alcohol. And so far, this cycle has rendered him a very hard and very lonely life. This is really hard to say. But he has sometimes been homeless. To think of your child, and and he's a, he's a man now. He's he's not a child anymore. But even to think of him as a man, living on the streets is almost unbearable. It's very hard here in Albuquerque. We have a big homeless population, and it's very hard for me to drive past the camps on the way to work. I just it really makes me sick at my stomach. But over the years, we've had to, you know, for some for self-preservation and some of what we are doing is to stop enabling because um, even though I, I don't think that we've been chronic enablers, there are sometimes when you just do things because you're desperate for help or you might give money when you shouldn't or uh, gotten him out of jail when he probably should have stayed there, those kind of things. So we have limited our contact. And there's, there is this rough history and broken trust. But once, when I was praying to the Lord, and this has been a, a few years ago, uh, especially when he was a teenager and in early adulthood, when things just didn't make sense, it's just such a desperate cry out to the Lord that, you know, what are we not praying? What are we not doing? What's left? And really begin to realize that there's really nothing left for me. I've exhausted all my resources. I've exhausted all my energy. I've exhausted all my emotion. But I still go through bouts of crying and and just mourning and grief over the law, the life that was lost to this, this sin and the, and this truly, I believe, physical condition of addiction. And I was crying out the Lord, and I was saying, "This just doesn't make sense." We've been working in ministry. We have given him to you. We we did what you said in your word. We trained him up in the way he should go, and you said he would never depart from that, and he has. I mean, he even claims not to be a believer now, even though as a child he accepted Christ. And I, you know, I I that's I don't want to get into that debate because, yeah, we'll do that another time. But when I was crying out to the Lord. One time, he said to me, Laurie, I've chosen you to be his mother as a witness. And I, at first I didn't want to receive that, but then I just began to cry. And I fell on my face and I said, I'm chosen? I'm chosen? And he's like, yeah, you've been chosen to be his mother. And then I understood that my son needed me to be his mother, that I had a special assignment, one that the ending or the results of would not be up to me, but up to God. But I was on assignment by his choosing. And when I fell to the ground, I began to worship him. And I was 
thankful to be used by God, even though I would trade my life for my son to be in eternity, healthy and whole. But I'm a tool in God's hand, and I don't get to choose God's decision. I'm just a tool in His hand, and for that, I am thankful. Now, has this changed my son's patterns of addiction? No. But I thank God that we have this hardship that keeps us, our whole family, on our knees. Who knows if we hadn't been on our knees all these years where we would have ended up. But I can tell you, without shame, without shame, even though I haven't received an answer, an answer or the answer that I want from my miles on my knees and my years of prayers, I still thank God. And you know what? I still trust Him. And that, I think, is how we are supposed to look at our trials. I think that when we do this, it's a way of saying to the Lord, I know you have this, and I know he does. It's crazy, but this is what adopting a heart of gratitude can do. So whatever you're facing today, I thank God that you are. And I'm going to challenge you before this day is over for you to take some time, set some time aside and just say, Lord, for this and fill in the blank, I thank you. I don't understand it, but I thank you. Okay, that's all we have today. It wasn't a short, it was a long please check out my resources at lauriegreenwestlake.com. You can read blogs, mini blogs. You can buy my Bible study, which is a, got an, an award now. It's been awarded and is a finalist in a national contest. And I really believe that will help you center on your purpose uh, in God's large economy, in His large world, what your purpose is. So that is called... Um, God's Will, Unraveling the Mystery, and it's my Bible brief, and I'm working on the next Bible brief now, hopefully to come out this fall. I also write fiction. I have a couple of fiction books about a really fun girl, female character who is incredibly ordinary, but she gets in a situation to do some extraordinary things, and I wrote those that character and those books and those trials to be an encouragement to you. So until the next podcast, be blessed and be brave, and be thankful.